Guten Tag. Those things are we keeping? This is my second time having to record the intro for this podcast now because uh, I'm I'm in a bit I'm in I'm in a giggly form. I'm in an awful giggly mood now this evening. But I'm trying to calm myself down a bit now. See, I have a nice a bit of a ritual now. A bit of behind the scenes podcast drama for you, right? I've got a, a Yankee candle here beside me, burning away, creating a nice little ambience to the room, and a cup of tea. Cup of tea and Yankee. Just fucking, it just makes it a bit makes it a bit nice. I keep the light on though. Because if I turn the light off and it's just a candle burning, it feels a bit weird in here. It feels like some sort of fucking vampire sex cult. Then I get a, sure then I get a bit turned on then so <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, okay. Alright, so how are you keeping, lads? How are you, you doing? Hope you're having a good week. Um, hope you're having a good COVID 19. Hope you're minding yourself. Hope you don't, um, yeah, just mind yourself and all that. I'm, I'm not a COVID expert. Mind you, none of the fuckers on Instagram are either, but sure that won't stop them. <laughs> Shout out to any of the anti vax cons out there. Um, alright. Um, Alright, so this week on my podcast I'm going to be talking about something a bit different to the previous weeks. I told you last week I'd, I'd have um, I'd have music, and I've got a nice music one for you this week, a nice little treat. A little treat, because I'm always looking out for you, aren't I? Yeah, I'm fair sound. Um, fucking chair! Honestly, Les, this chair is wrecking my tits. Like, listen, listen, it's just get, is it getting worse? That's uncomfortable for me now, but is that less creaky? Is that better? Yeah, I'm kind of sat into it more now. Is that better? See, you know, that's a bit, yeah, that's alright, that's not as bad. Alright, because that chair's starting to wreck my tits. But I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm 20, and I'm a student. I can't be affording fucking gamer chairs. I'm also not a gamer, like, so I'm not getting a fucking gamer chair. But... What, what chairs are there that, what chairs are out there that aren't fucking creaky or in fucking gamer chairs and they're they're fucking expensive, aren't they? I'm not paying good money for a fucking chair to be honest, lads. I'll have to make do with these. Or I might get a stool or something, but you like a swivel. I like a nice swivel while I'm making my points. I have the I have the alarms crossed and I'm swiveling back and forth while I'm talking. Do you know it's nice? Alright. Fucking chair. Is this is this this is the type of shit that you can't do on the radio. Speaking of radio, um, I I'm going to be on the radio either this week or next week. I'm not sure. Maybe the week after. I'll be on Wired FM. Um, you can either tune in if you're in the kind of Limerick region. You can tune into ninety nine point nine FM, or if you're elsewhere, anywhere across the world. You can tune in at uh, wiredfm.ie And I'll be on Thursday 5 to 6 as far as I know. I must get back to him but as far as I know for the moment I'm going to be on Thursday Friday, uh, Thursday 5 to 6 and um, yeah it's going to be a good crack. I'll be doing a bit of shite talk. A lot less planned out than this um, and playing some tunes as well so that'll be a good crack. So if you enjoy a bit of that Please come over Wired FM, 99.9 FM or at wiredfm.ie 
Thursday 5 to 6 for some tunes and some bands. Alright. Alright. So, what are we talking about this week? Because I told you I'd do a music one. I was... I was kind of wondering what will I talk about. I kind of said, sure, I'll do something music related. But what will I talk about? And I was kind of going through some ideas. And the other fucking... There's a program on at the moment. I don't know if many of you are watching that. Many people don't watch telly anymore, to be honest. But there's a program on at the moment. <coughs> there's a program on at the moment. Um, called The Mass Singer. Fucking hell, lads. The Mass Singer is... It's like a singing show with all celebrities, right? All the contestants are celebrities, all the judges are celebrities, right? Same, similar stick to whatever fucking thing you get like that. Only the singers are in masks. They're in, they're not in masks, they're in fucking big ridiculous costumes. And the judges have to guess who it is, right? And fuck me, lads. <laughs> it is like the least cool thing you could ever imagine in your entire fucking life. It is insane how shit this program is. So you have one one cunt called Robin. You've another one. You've another one who's fucking who's who's a fucking sausage and chips wrapped up, and that's the costume. And going on, the, the one who's doing that, by the way, has a fucking amazing voice. It's definitely Stacey Solomon, by the way, has a fucking amazing voice, and like it's ridiculous. Oh, you'd want to see the people that are guessing as well. Some of them judges. Oh, they'd want to fucking reality check some of them. <laughs> one of them guessed Pharrell Williams. Get off your fucking high horse. Pharrell Williams is way too famous to be doing this shit. To be dressing up in a costume and singing songs and fucking... What's it on? ITV or something. Get real. Who guessed that fucking... Was it Jonathan Ross or one of them? I'm sorry. Like, that's another thing that annoys me. I like Jonathan Ross. I like Jonathan... He's a good dude, that Jonathan Ross. But then he's doing this shit. Jonathan Ross. Shout out to Jonathan Ross, by the way. Um... Uh, yeah, he's big in the in the kind of nerdy film world. He's got a podcast called I Like Film. That's a great podcast. And he did a lot of great stuff. He had a show back in the 80s or 90s called The Incredibly Strange Film Show. And he would have showcased a lot of cult movies before they were cult movies. Like now you can have a cult movie that's that can actually find an audience because of the internet. But you didn't have that back in the day. So he would have been the reason why films like Evil Dead and all these kind of films found an audience in the UK, outside of American places, because he, he did a whole show about it. Um, so big shout out to Jonathan Ross, I like Jonathan Ross, I won't have a bad word said against him, but Jonathan Ross, get off the mass singer, alright man, you're better than that. <laughs> right? But what annoyed me most then was, some cunt comes on, oh, was it Badger? I don't know who Badger is meant to be. It's fucking my brother reckons it's Brian Cox. I hope the fuck it's not Brian Cox. And um he comes on and he sings Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And oh my fucking god, lads. It's just it just struck me as the least cool thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Right? The show was already shit enough until there's cunts coming out and they're all getting up and it's the thing it's the thing with <laughs> It's the thing, you get this, I don't know when this happened, but people just thought, listen to any rock music and get up and do fucking 
the devil sign with your hands and just get up and start dancing and suddenly you're cool. Fuck off. You can't be singing Nirvana on fucking celebrity fucking contestant shows. Fuck off. Alright? So that's what I'm talking about this week. It inspired me to talk about punk. And several things. The history of punk and the aesthetics of punk. Because some people don't get punk. Alright, this another big thing that inspired this was, was the other day my brother sent me a, he sent me a message. He said, Have you heard this? And he showed me the video of um Nirvana playing Smells Like Teen Spirit at Reading in ninety two, I believe. Right? Now if you don't know about Nirvana, Nirvana were a huge band in the nineties. They're my favourite band ever. I fucking love Nirvana. <coughs> my absolute favourite band of all time. Fucking love Nirvana. Right, if I had to if put a gun to my head and said, Robbie, what's your favourite band of all time? It'll be a coin flip between Oasis and Nirvana. And if you put a gun to my head and made me pick between the two of them, I would... Most days I would pick Nirvana. Most days. I would probably pick Nirvana. Yeah. I fucking love Nirvana. With all my heart and soul. But my brother sent me the video of um, Nirvana at Reading, right? Jesus. And he said, he said, this is mad. He said something like, he just butchers songs for the crack. It's mad. And I was kind of, I knew what he meant, but I was like, what exactly do you mean? And he said to me, he's like, well... Because you know what smells like Teen Spirit? There's the there's the bit at the start where the guitar just goes down, down, right? Very easy. It's just two notes, right? Anyone can play that. But at Reading, he, at, when he played that at Reading, when he he didn't play that. He done this weird kind of thing out of key and everything. He done this kind of thing and it goes down. Goes exactly like that. You can look it up. <laughs> and my brother was like, "Like that's an easy bit to play on the guitar," and he just completely fucked it up. And then in the solo, he just didn't play anything properly at all. It was just like noise. And you can listen to that as well. You can listen in the solo for that. He just feedback to fuck. Just absolutely. It just it sounds horrible. And I'll get back to that. It sounds all horrible, like to the ears. No, that's not a pleasant listen. It's not like a oh my god, that's soothing to the ears. You wouldn't listen to that. No, you wouldn't. Um, what I say? You wouldn't listen. You wouldn't. If you're imagining tranquility, you wouldn't think of that. Do you know what I mean? If you're imagining a nice tranquil garden or something, you wouldn't think all oh, the fucking solo from Smells Like Teen Spirit at Redden. Do you know what I mean? Um. So my brother basically said he's butchering it on purpose just for the crack. And I understand what he means but I disagree. So this might sound strange to people who aren't into punk. Or any sort of either punk or metal but I'd be more of a fan of punk myself. This might sound strange. The idea of Punk, grunge, metal, all these genres. You hear this a lot about people who aren't into that. 
and they usually peg them together. They usually go, oh, that rock shite. And people will say, it sounds shit. Why the fuck would you listen to that? And of course it sounds shit. Of course it does. Of course playing guitar out of key sounds shit. Of course extreme amounts of feedback sounds shit. Of course it does. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it sounds lovely. Of course it sounds awful, but that's why you like it. Do you know what I mean? And again, it's a thing like that. I often wonder... Because I would have got into Nirvana when I was about 15. And I think if if there was someone who tried to listen to Nirvana when they were about 25. Yeah, they could appreciate it and they can go, oh, okay, yeah, I can see. But they're not going to take it in. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to go, this is amazing at the age of 25. I feel like that has to hit you at a certain point. Alright, so the idea is that it sounds horrible. Yeah. It's hard, to, it's hard to put into words why I enjoy that. I heard similar things when Post Malone did. Was Post Malone. Maybe nearly a year ago at this stage. But Post Malone did a, did a live set for charity in his house. Of him just playing Nirvana songs. And it was fucking incredible lads. It was fucking amazing. Post Malone now. I'm not a fan of Post Malone. Like he, he, his music isn't really for me. But oh my fucking god. He fucking nailed that. I seen that and went fucking Post Malone. Fuck this. He didn't even play Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's how, that's how you know a fucking proper Nirvana fan when you see one. He didn't play Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like a legend. Like it was. It's fucking unreal. But I was getting messages from. People I know who like Post Malone but don't like Nirvana, they were like, what the fuck, this is just unpleasant to listen to. That was that was one I got, Was it just sounded unpleasant. <laughs> and of course it does. Of course it sounds unpleasant. It's <sighs> So let me explain the aesthetic of punk to you, right? Punk, the idea is... The idea is stripped down to the point. No bullshit. No fancy chords. No great musicianship. Like, do you know what I mean? Punk musicians aren't good musicians at all. And that's the point. No no fancy flicks on the guitar. Nothing, nothing, nothing too impressive. Just straight to the point. Simple chords. It's four chords. The singer's not very good. But it's about the energy and it's about the heart and the soul of it. Um, Dave Grohl put it beautifully. Dave Grohl said, um, "The reason why punk appealed to him is because you didn't need, you didn't need to play guitar like Keith Richards. All you needed was four chords and a big heart." That I fucking loved that. I love that. That because that's exactly how I feel about it. It's just like you don't need to fucking. That's what I loved about Nirvana when I started playing guitar as well. Is you can play. If you can play one chord, you can play the entirety of Nirvana's back catalogue, more or less. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you can play, there's things called power chords. Now, power chords are like the number one point, the number one thing in punk music. is It's simple shape, and it's the same shape. You just move it up and down the fretboard, and it doesn't change, and it's just the root note and the fifth above it. And that's all it is. It's, and then... And it's basic, to the point, nothing fancy, and it's fast, 
fast paced, full of energy and a kind of a a do-it-yourself aesthetic. That was a big part of it, was the idea that anybody could do this. Anybody can pick up a guitar and just fucking play. Um, Sid Vicious, the bass player from Sex Pistols, famously not a good bass player and famously learned to play bass in one night. He was there, there's a story, he was there tipping away trying to learn and there was one fella there at the time he was like right let's him off to bed and by the time he got up Sid Vicious had learned to play had learned to play bass because he didn't need to learn anything too fancy it's just simple notes it's just do 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 like just simple basic that's the idea of punk is stripped down to the point but it's also about it's also about a kind of if you've seen School of Rock, he talks about sticking it to the man. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. It's about fuck you. <laughs> it's fuck whatever's come before. This is what, you know, kind of a thing of, you know, fuck what my parents think. Fuck what anyone thinks. This is what I like. This is what I want to do. And it's straight to the point. It's in your face. You either get it or you don't. That's a big thing. You either understand it. You either hear it and it makes sense to you. Or you hear it and you go, what the fuck am I listening to? And I think that's part of what fuels it in a weird way. So that's what I mean when I say, if you're 25, it's not going to resonate with you the same way as it will a 15-year-old. Why do I say that? Because I think it just comes... I think if you... I know a lot of people who are into Nirvana. And you you can tell when someone got into it later and when they got into it earlier. Because if they love them, they probably got into it when they were younger. Because there's a thing. There's a thing about it. It's like you're 15. You know. like Anybody who remembers being 15. And genuinely remembers being 15. Remembers how shitty being 15 is. It's awful. It's an awful time of everyone's life. Being about 14, 15 is a difficult time in pretty much everyone's life. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? You're fucking... Everything, man. You're fucking... You're going to school. You're fucking thinking about exams and shit. You're fucking... Do you know what I mean? You're going... You're going... You're in the fucking... You're in the trenches of puberty. You're you're fucking... Your head is rattled constantly. You're fucking... You're insecure about yourself. You're insecure about... Everyone's insecure. Everyone's shitting themselves. No one's sure of themselves. Everyone has a sort of everyone's anxious everyone's kind of like and that's how you're feeling but you feel it's just you and then nothing makes sense everything's scary the whole just your view of the world is almost negative at that point in your life you're like fuck this (laughs) well this is just me now i don't know about anybody else (laughs) it helps me sleep at night to think that everyone else felt the same way but you're just like fuck this fuck everything man just fed up with everything you know what I mean? Incru- just, in- just, just extreme anxiety, extreme insecurity, just a down point in everyone's life. And then suddenly, you hear a fucking song where a fucking man is just screaming in your ear and suddenly the world makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It was like that for me. When I heard Nirvana for the first... When I heard Nirvana... They always say... People... 
I've heard this numerous times, and you don't hear this about a lot of bands, but you hear this about Nevermind by Nirvana. Never, Nevermind was Nirvana's second album. You hear about this all the time. That if you're into music and you're into that kind of music, you'll never forget where you were when you first heard Nevermind. And I've heard a few people say that. I've heard Noel Gallagher say it. I've heard your man from No Effects say it. And it's fucking true. Let me tell you. I hadn't listened to much Nirvana before I listened to Nevermind. I knew Smells Like Teen Spirit. Everyone knows Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's a, one of the biggest songs of all time. And I knew that song and I enjoyed it. I was like, Joe, I should listen to that album. And I flick on that album. And I just it just blew my fucking head off. It just shattered everything I thought about what music was up until that point. I, like I said, you know, music is meant to be cheerful. Music is meant to be happy. In, or, in order for music to be uplifting or to be reassuring to you, music should be happy. Does that make sense? That the only reason, the only way a song could make you happy is if the song itself is happy. And the idea of listening to a song that's depressing or dark or angry, that's never going to make you feel better. What do you want about? And then I listened to Nevermind and I just remember going, what the f- It just blew my fucking head off. I was about 15. I'll never forget where I was. I remember exactly where I was. I remember sitting down. And this is this will sound strange, like, and I'll never forget it. I remember sitting down. It was I listened to it on the laptop. I had the fucking, on Spotify, I had the fucking headphones plugged in, I was playing PlayStation, and I just listened to that whole album, and I remember just going, holy fucking shit. <coughs> the things that stood out to me, but I'm trying to think, I remember certain songs I remember listening to for the first time. I remember listening to... Polly for the first time and just in the middle of this heavy screamy album is this very soft acoustic song and then you come I came away from that thinking oh Polly that's the happy song and then you look up the lyrics and you realize that's the darkest fucking song that's ever been made because <laughs> Polly is a song Polly's a song about a, a woman who got kidnapped and raped and it's a whole song from the point of view of the kidnapper fucked up man but it's this really happy Polly was a cracker it's this very happy kind of upbeat tune you know what I mean I remember hearing that for the first time and thinking wow this happy song's in the middle I remember hearing then straight after that thing comes territorial pissing and territorial pissing is fucking heavy and it's but that riff is just fucking amazing and it's it's fucking that's one of my favourite songs to this day it's one of my favourite songs ever that is it's just fucking beautiful. I fucking love that song. And then he screams, man. He screams the whole way through that song. And he doesn't yell. He doesn't do that kind of... And when you think screaming, you think like... And I'm not bashing things like Slipknot and stuff like that. But you think of that kind of... Kind of deep kind of thing. But no, this is... Kirk, when Kirk Cobain screamed, he screamed. It wasn't a. It wasn't. He wasn't putting on a voice. He was literally going like in that song. Like the words of that song, even like, is just filled. And again, it's filled with anxiety. That the words of that song. It's like one of my favorite lyrics ever. And I remember hearing this and just going, "Fuck, 
Because up to this point, the only music you ever hear is just happy shit you hear on the radio. Everyone's happy, everyone's buzzing, everyone's after it. Like, it's just... And then you hear a fucking song where in the middle... What's the, what's the line? And just because you're paranoid don't mean they're not after you. I remember hearing that and going, that's fucked up. Just, like, honestly, it just shattered everything I ever... Like, it was just... And it was from that point, it was just like, no... Nah, fuck everything else this is what it's about this is it this is what i want this is what i care about this is all i want now (laughs) and just like and that's why i think they're probably my favorite band to this day and i love them still i love their music but there's something else to it more than just liking the songs i think there's a part of like a part of my development as as a young fella was anchored on the point of listening to that album and i can't describe it any better than that i can't i can't put it into words more than it just changed the way i think about music it just changed everything for me changed everything and i fucking love music i spend most of my time I always say the only two things in the whole world I really care about is music and films and you know I mean I can honestly put my love of music down to that song that album sorry so Nirvana weren't straight up punk they were grunge which to be honest is an interesting thing when you look at other grunge bands Nirvana are still quite different they're a lot punkier a good way to describe what grunge is is the kind of heavy loud kind of aggression and yeah heaviness of of metal without the good musicianship of a of a metal band do you know what I mean so me- good metal bands are good musicians. Metallica, they're all unreal. Drummers in metal are sick. Fucking the guitarists in metal, some of the shit they can do with a guitar is inhuman. Like it's fucking insane. You know what I mean? Bands like Metallica, um, I said Slipknot a while ago. They're fucking glad. Fucking Eddie Van Halen, um, Slayer. Do you know what I mean? Like these good technically good musicians like do you know what I mean very good very you know would a lot of them would have had like would have gone to lessons no punk musician ever got fucking music lessons fuck y'all fuck off <laughs> that's kind of the point it's fuck these fuck you I'm not getting lessons Dave Grohl never got lessons that's a fact Dave Grohl one of the like famous one of the most famous drummers of all time probably the most successful drummer of all time never once got no he went to one drum lesson I was like, nah, fuck this. There you go, like, do you know what I mean? That's, but that's what metal is, and what grunge is then is mixing that with the with the skill of punk, with the with the kind that the kind of DIY basic musicianship, lack of skill. They're not good at their instruments, but fuck off, I don't care. Mixed with that heaviness of of metal. That's what grunge is. But when you look at 
grunge. When you look at all the grunge artists, so you grunge, you have Pearl Jam, uh, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, um, the Melvins, uh, Mudhoney, some some of the some of the bands. They're all incredible bands. Go listen to them. But what you'll find with all the rest of them is most of them, maybe aside from Smashing Pumpkins, most of them would be more rooted in metal. Most of them. But Nirvana is definitely more rooted in punk. It's definitely more of a definitive. Just bringing it's def. They're definitely just doing punk with a heaviness on top. You know what I'm saying? Um. So what is punk? If they're if that's not punk, what is punk? So that's what I'm gonna get into. Um, And we're at the half hour mark, ladies and gentlemen. Well, nearly. We're, we're getting there. So what I'll do is... Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, and otherwise. Inclusivity all the fucking way, bitch. Um, we'll do... Little break there, lads. I need a fucking breather. I went on an awful rant. <laughs> um, as usual, if you're enjoying the podcast, tell some of your mates. Um... If you have a friend you think might enjoy this, let him know. As I say, this is the third episode. Already kind of three very different flavours. So very different, three different kind of... Well, not totally. Well, this is quite a different... This is a bit of a departure from, from definitely from my previous episodes. So if you have a friend who's into who's, who's into punk, let him know where I am. Um, similarly, if you're not enjoying it, feel free to fuck off. Um, but just before you go, if you're sitting there ranting, going, fuck this shit, this is the type of shit that Andrew listens to, tell Andrew where the fuck I am and send him my way, alright? Love you all. Good luck. Alright. If you've gone for a pint or if you've gone for a piss, uh, come back to your seats now because the intermission's about to end. Alright, so punk. What is punk? So... We've already established what punk is, the aesthetics of it, the ideas behind it, but where did it come from? And punk started in in New York, right? That's where the punk scene technically started, right? So there was kind of two punk scenes. There was the New York punk scene and the London punk scene. They kind of happened simultaneously, but when you look the Rolling Stones article version of where punk started, it punk started in New York right punk started in a club called CBGB's CBGB's was a kind of a fairly underground club at the time um, in somewhere in New York it was in Manhattan or somewhere I believe and and again the kind of Rolling Stones answer for what is the first punk band and the first punk song is Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones, right? Um, you probably you, you no, you definitely know that song. It's hey, oh, let's go. You definitely know that song. It's in ads. <laughs> it was in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, you know that song. It's fucking classic. But and again, like I said, that's very basic. That's fucking what three notes, and it's to the point. It's charting to the point. 
it only is that song is it two minutes long only and if you listen to the notes it's and it's like that it's the very basic playing very basic sounds nothing too fancy because at the time you had if you think what that song would have come out in 76 and the kind of date of when punk started would be around 74 75 that kind of time and that and that song would have been officially released 1976 now if you look up the kind of bands that were around at the time at the time who were the biggest bands at the time you know you had like black sabbath led zeppelin jethro tull um all these bands incredible bands amazing bands but they were all class pink floyd another one but they were all great musicians do you know what I mean? Incredible bands, but they were class. Like, so, like, like just those bands alone. Do you know what I mean? Like, you had some of the great... Like, Jimmy Page, one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Like, Led Zeppelin has four all-time greats all in one band. You know, one of the best singers of all time, the best fucking guitarist, the best bass player, and the best drummer all in one. Do you know what I mean? Like, amazing. Do you know what I mean? You could just flick on a Led Zeppelin song, and you're like... You can just... And you can listen to every part of it, every instrument... And every single one of them is just fucking amazing. But that's what you had. Those were the biggest bands at the time. Which is great. But then the idea of punk was, fuck that. Because this would have been in the heart of rock and roll. Make it faster. Make it quicker. You know, shorten to the point. Stick it to the man. Johnny Johnny Ramone from the Ramones said that guitar playing should be entirely played in downstrokes. You shouldn't ever stroke up. <laughs> I'll tell you. That's why you hear a Ramon song and it's... Do you know what I mean? It's like... um, Yeah, it's just short to the point and... You know, no good quality guitar playing. Fuck off. If you're... if you're, you know what I mean? Guitar solo? Fuck off with your guitar solo. Do you know what I mean? Go fuck yourself with your guitar solo. Who the fuck can play a guitar solo? Jimmy Page plays them. I can't play like Jimmy Page. Fuck that. I learned to play guitar in one night. Go fuck yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of idea. So CBGBs, man. Some of the greatest bands would have come out of CBGBs at the time. So you would have had, yeah, the Ramones, Television. Blondie's another one that would surprise you as well. Blondie was absolutely a, a punk band at the time. Even though they don't sound it, Blondie would you know Blondie they do tunes like Heart to Glass and that kind of thing. like but they would have come out of that scene as well they would have been big heavy members of the CBGB scene you know um, so that's where punk started so that was the idea you had all these bands and then they were all playing this kind of very basic stripped down music and then Eventually, that's where it came out of. And then what you would find to be the first official punk song is Blitzkrieg Pop by the Ramones. A.O. Let's Go. So where did that come out of? Alright, because they didn't just pull that out of their arses, John. They didn't just... They didn't necessarily invent anything per se, Right? They didn't, even though, like, t- that's considered punk, the first punk song, because that's the first time it got the name punk. 
you know what I'm saying? But punk had existed previously. It just didn't get a name yet. So that's what I'm going to talk about now. So all of these punk musicians, all the greats, all of them, the Ramones, Sex Pistols, The Clash, they all cite the earliest... If you ask any of them who were the earliest pioneers of this genre, and there was the Kinks, which... You think the kinks, you don't necessarily think punk either, right? Alright, but the kinks song, You Really Got Me. You probably know that song. Yeah, you really got me now. You got me so I don't know what I'm doing now. You probably know that song. And you probably don't think of that song and think, yeah, heavy fucking punk. But... That would have been the f- one of the first huge songs to use guitar distortion. The riff in that song, if you listen to that, it's a very grumbly guitar sound. Uh, and this was distortion. Now, distortion we take for granted now. Hang on, just show, just give you a flavor. To give you a flavour of distortion, I'm going to put a distortion on my voice there now. Just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. See, it just sounds shit if I put up my voice like this, right? It sounds shit like, doesn't it? But when you put it in a guitar, it sounds kind of cool. It sounds kind of grumbly and heavy and kind of... Right? So some of the earliest songs to use distortion... There wouldn't have been... Like that, no, what I just did there. That's an effect I have on a mixing board. Do you know what I'm saying? They didn't have that back in the day. What would what they would have been doing at the time was they would literally make shit of their amps. So there's a song, one of the first songs, one of the first huge songs to use it would have been a song called Rumble by Link Ray. It has this, and it's got this very heavy distortion. And it, to be honest, and if you listen to it, like you can hear it, and it's like, oh shit, that is kind of, you know, you can hear the distortion. But, like, by our standards and what we hear today, it's tame, you know what I mean? But when this came out at the time, like, people had never heard of this in their lives. This was the heaviest, hardest thing you had ever come across in all your days. People were like, what the actual fuck is this? And they got banned from the radio because people thought this song is so aggressive, it's gonna cause a riot. It's gonna entice people to start fights and cause a riot. There's no words to the song. It's just instrumental. It's just guitar. But they were like, this is going to cause a fucking riot. We need to call this off. So it got banned from the radio. So this is what distortion was at the time. This is how rare it was. So when the Kinks came out with that song, and they did the same thing, uh, Ray Davies of the Kinks, he stabbed a lot of holes into his amplifier with a, with a biro and then slashed it up with a razor blade. And they give it that sound. They give it that. They give it that kind of kind of heaviness to it. And again, tame by our standards. We listen to that song. We don't think, oh my god, this is so fucked up and heavy. But at the time, this was like nothing like they'd ever heard up until this point, right? And it's a fucking great tune. And you listen to that as well, right? Just before the solo, because this is the song that all of the punk musicians cite as where it all started do you know what I mean Johnny Rotten says it all started with the kinks it all started with the kinks if you listen to that song and this is what I find most interesting 
if you listen to that song, there's a solo in the middle. It's a fucking great solo. It's a hard, heavy solo. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a true and utter fucking rock and roll solo. Just before it, you hear Ray Davies say, oh no, over the thing, singing it, right? And then you can hear this scream. And I've heard rumors about what this scream was for years. But it took me a while to realize you just hear this big. Right? And I was like, and you always kind of go, what the fuck is that? Listen to that. What that is, is right. Is Ray Davis's brother was the guitar player of the Kinks. Dave Davis was his name, right? I think Ray Davies tried to signal him to tell to tell him something while they were recording and it distracted the shit out of him and he started the solo late and what that is is him looking over across the room at Ray Davies and telling him to fuck off so it's this big loud fuck off and then the solo starts so it's this big fuck off and it's just like and it just has this fucking... So that's why the solo just sounds angry. Because he was... He was angry playing it. He was in... He was pissed off. And that's where it started. And they all... They all say that's where it started. You know what I mean? Uh, all of them. So... Music... Is kind of going in a heavy direction anyway at the time. And you had other bands... Doing some pretty heavy shit, right? And then in 60, what year is that? Is it 67? The Who come out with the song My Generation. Is it 67? I'll double check now, lads. Behind the scenes podcast chatter. 65. The Who come out with My Generation, right? And My Generation is... To me, is one of the greatest rock songs ever, ever produced, ever. Band, every fucking band tries to cover it, and none of them. It, it was recorded in, in the mid '60s, and bands try to cover it today with modern technology and modern production to make it sound heavier and make it sound better. And no band, not once, has ever come close to how fucking great that original recording sounds. That the, that the production on that original thing now, I'm not usually into good and bad production but that is one of the best fucking produced songs I've ever heard in my life that song is just fucking energy in I don't know how long is that song about three and a half minutes it's just start to finish just a fucking big fuck you to everybody and this would have been a big thing at the time as well this would have been one of the heaviest songs ever at the time as well You'd never heard nothing like this. And it's coming on the fucking radio as well. The radio. And there's a, there's a line in that where he says, why don't you all fade away? And he does that. He goes, and you think he's about to say, fuck off. And and that's the point. It's, it's, meant, to, it's meant to make people go, oh. but then he doesn't say, but. And it's, that's what it is. He's basically saying, fuck off. When he does, he's, he might as well just say, fuck off. Because he's pissed, he's pissed whoever, whoever, whoever he's going to piss off, he's already pissed off by saying that. It's, and it's got this heavy, oh my god. Again, another great band, like, 
but like it's got the best everything it's got the best drums ever it's got the best bass playing ever it's got Pete Townsend wrote that song it's one of the best songs ever written and then the fucking vocals on top of that it's fucking amazing it's so good that song I love that song right and it's again so many bands tried to cover it no one comes close and the Who are coming up with these tunes and the Who are the Who are an amazing band as well at one stage around 1966 or 7 right the Who come out with a song and I don't know what the song was and Pete Townsend who wrote all of the songs for the Who he's the guitar player he wasn't a singer he was a guitar player he wrote all the songs and he was going on some magazine or somewhere bragging that he that the, the who were after producing the heaviest hardest song that's ever been made he's, he was going on going we've made the fucking he's going on saying you ain't heard nothing until you fucking heard this this is one of the fucking heaviest tracks that's ever been made ever and it probably was because if you look up until that point, you know, The Kings was one of the heaviest songs ever made not two years beforehand. So, you know, they were long before bands like, you know, Slayer and shit like that. They were long before any of that was, was happening, right? And Paul McCartney of The Beatles sees Pete Townsend bragging about writing the heaviest song ever and writing that and, and all these things. And he kind of goes, well, fuck that. He goes to the Beatles and says, no, we're making the hardest, heaviest song ever. We're going to make a song heavier than The Who. Alright? And then they do. They come in and they make the song Helter Skelter. If you don't know the song Helter Skelter, it was... It's this song... And again, at the time it was the heaviest thing ever. But by today's standards, it's not. It's, it's not. But... Even today, it's you, you. You can hear it. Paul McCartney is screaming in that. Paul McCartney, no, is screaming. He's fucking heart out in that song. All the the guitars are loud as fuck. The drums are loud. The drum Ringo Starr, like Ringo Starr, famous for just kind of bopping his head and tapping away. He's beating the shit out of his drums, and it's this big heavy song, and it's like. You can't underestimate what this must have been like when this came out. Because not only are all the, not only is music getting heavier, now the Beatles are making the heaviest music ever. Like this is like, I'm trying to put it into context. Imagine if, try and think of the, think of the heaviest song you know. Now if you don't, if you're not into this kind of music, you probably can't think of one off the top of your head. Look up the song "Raining Blood" by the Slayer. Right, that's a heavy fucker of a song. That's a big, big loud bastard of a song. When the Beatles released Helter Skelter, it was like as if One Direction released Rain and Blood by Slayer. This was just like, it must have just blown everyone's fucking head off. Like, you have to put yourself in that time. This must have been like, wait, what the fuck? The Beatles, man, I want to hold your hand, are now doing, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Who did I want to hold your hand, what, like three or four years beforehand, and now they're doing the heaviest song that's ever been made. Do you know what I mean? This is how fast it happened. It just... And it again... And it was a case of one-upsmanship. And that... Isn't often talked about in the... That song isn't often talked about in the history of punk. It's often talked about in the history of, of metal. It's often cited as the first ever heavy metal song. Which... 
fair. It might be. But for me, it just... The heaviness of it... It is just one of the... Pre, it's also a massive precursor to punk and what punk was about to do. And you hear it in that song as well when Ringo starts beating the shit out of his drums. And at the end, you listen to the song, you just hear Ringo at the end go, God bless this on my fingers! It's fucking amazing. And then, that's 1968, that song comes out. Then, 1969 is when. This isn't the Rolling Stone article date of when punk started, but this is when punk started. Everyone is in agreement that punk started when the Stooges came out. The Stooges... <sighs> Iggy Pop is the lead singer of the Stooges. Iggy Pop is the first punk rocker. That's it. You can look at other musicians and go, that was a precursor to this. The way, oh, the way Pete Townsend played and jumped around. The way Robert Roger Daltrey moved around. You can say oh, whatever you like. The first official punk rocker was Iggy Pop. No, he's known as the godfather of punk. You know, Michael Jackson is the king of pop. Fucking, what else? Ozzy Osbourne is the prince of darkness. Iggy Pop is the godfather of punk. Right? And he, he listens. He listens to the Stooges, man. They got some fucking great tunes, man. Fucking. And again, he's doing all this crazy shit. He's, you know, he's, he's acting wild on stage, jumping around, acting crazy, acting wild, interacting with the crowd. And again, they'd seen nothing like this. No one had come before that was remotely like this. If you want to get a good flavour of this, you go in and type in type in Iggy Pop Crowdsurf into YouTube, right? And there'll be a video, I think it was from around 1970, I think it was in Cincinnati. There's a, a recording of the Stooges live. And I think it was on TV. I think it was live on TV at the time. And there was a there's a man commentating over it. And it's just he's just kind of there. I'm not sure. I think it was a festival or something. And he's just kind of there saying, "Oh, now we go to the, the Stooges. Here's Iggy Pop singing their latest single, whatever the fuck." And he's trying to articulate what the fuck he's looking at. And he's never seen anything like this. And it's hilarious to listen to this man trying to figure this thing out. Like this is the first time the world has ever seen this. He invented the crowd surf. Iggy Pop invented the fucking crowd surf. We take crowd surfs for, for granted. Imagine being in fucking 1973. 1970, sorry. And you just, you're just there looking at this man go mad on stage going, jeez, he's a bit mad. And next thing he just walks on top of the crowd and the crowd fucking carry him around. <laughs> like, you can't, <laughs> you can't really put into words what the fuck you're looking at. And you see it as well. Like, and in that in that video, so say he jumps into the middle of the crowd and starts raving with the crowd. Now we see that all the time. Acts are always doing that. You go see an act, you go see a live band, and and they might do that, right? But this man is looking, going, okay. And Iggy Pop has now gone into the crowd, <laughs> and he starts trying to make sense of this. He gone, and then when Iggy goes into the crowd, and they're going, okay, I think that's a good time to go to a commercial break. And they go to a they go to a break because they're just like what the fuck. And then it comes back and they're saying, 
since we were on commercial break, Iggy has gone in and out of the crowd three times now. <laughs> and this man is there trying to make sense of this. And he's look, and he, he he's baffled. Like, you can't blame him. You've never seen this. And then he crowd surfs. He goes into the crowd, right? And he, and he stands up and the crowd are holding him up by the legs. And he's standing. And next thing he gets a jar of peanut butter. I don't know where he got it. I don't know if someone in the crowd gave it to him or he had it. <laughs> this was premeditated. I don't know. And he grabs a load of it in his hand and he smears it all over himself. Smears it all over his chest. And then he grabs a load of it and just throws it into the crowd. And the crowd are grabbing bits of peanut butter. And listen to the commentator go... Okay, um, yep, that's, that, that, that's peanut butter. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, this was it. This was the first punk rocker ever. And as, like, as I said, this was 1970. Punk technically didn't get invented until 75 or 6. So, like, this was, what the fuck? So this is punk, nearly fucking half a decade before fucking before punk has a name do you know what I mean this is just world shattering do you know what I mean and then that's the Stooges man Sto so Iggy Pop was the original fucking punk musician he was the, the godfather of punk he started it and And then there was a punk scene throughout New York in the 70s. You had the New York Dolls. You had, like I said, Blondie. All these bands. And then around around a similar time, you see this emergence of punk in the UK. Like I said, there was two, two places where punk was happening. New York and London. In London, you had The Clash, Sex Pistols. The Damned. You know what I'm saying? You had these bands. Who were just. Similar thing. But in London it was different. There was a fashion thing going on in London. You know what I mean? The, the punks in London looked different. They they were wearing fucking safety. They were wearing. Yeah they were wearing safety pins in their ears. They are wearing these ridiculous clothes all torn up. And it was all. It was lava. It was fashion statements. You know they had. Their fucking hair was dyed pink. And spiked all mad. And shit like that. And. You had bands like the Sex Pistols. Like I said. Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols. Learned to play bass in one night. Johnny Rotten. He got the name Johnny Rotten because he never brushed his teeth, so his fucking teeth rolled black and falling out of his falling out of his fucking head. And the Sex Pistols album, never mind the bollocks, is one of the greatest albums. I wouldn't say it's one of the most influential albums ever. It's just everything that came before that album. Yeah, you had the Ramones beforehand. Yeah, you had everything else. But once the Sex Pistols came. Everything beforehand was now deemed irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? Everything beforehand. You had... Go and listen to some sex pistols. Again, that's another one of the things. But a gun to my head. Say, Rob, what's your favourite... Give me your top five favourite songs of all time. Anarchy in the UK by the Sex Pistols is on that list. Every time. Like, I, uh, that's that song. 
and again when that comes out everything else before is just irrelevant at, at that point it's just it doesn't matter anymore <laughs> like like sex pistols are coming on and like johnny rotten really couldn't sing but relished in the fact that he couldn't sing you know he wasn't trying to be fucking he wasn't trying to be the beatles singing i want to hold your hand he's going fuck you he's literally going on and singing fuck this and fuck that that's actually that's a that's a genuine lyric in the song bodies fuck this and fuck that singing songs like singing these dark songs fucked up fucked up lyrics heavy shit and he's not singing he's anti-singing he's just literally just going he's literally just shouting and they're going on and they're singing and in london is when punk started becoming political Alright, that's when it started becoming this idea. You know, the Sex Pistols released God Save the Queen. Do you know what I mean? Like, before then, you did not talk shit about the monarchy. Like, that, like, no. And now they're coming on singing songs about fucking the Queen ain't no human being and all this kind of shit. Like, like everything beforehand, they just... So that's Sex Pistols, man. And that's punk... That's the early risings of punk. That's the early risings of it. That's where it came from. Now there's other bands. There's a lot of bands I'm I'm skipping out there in the invention of punk. There's like the MC5 were a great band. They had a, they had a live album called Kick Out the Jams. And this would have been a big thing at the time actually. What year is that? That would have been the late 60s as well. Um, it was a live album. And just before he sings Kick Out the Jams. He screams it's time to kick out the jams motherfuckers. And again, having swearing on an album is like, oh, you're no, you can't say that on an album. You can't curse. Oh, fuck, no, you can't curse. Uh, so there's a lot of bands that I've kind of skipped out there for the purpose of for the purpose of making it nice and clean. But yeah, yeah. So that's punk, and punk would have been the number one influence to Nirvana. Punk would be my, f- would have been my favorite genre of music. No, oh, punk isn't my favorite genre ever, but all of my favorite, all of my favorite bands and my favorite genres are deeply influenced by punk. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Nirvana are deeply influenced by punk. Um, Oasis would have been huge Sex Pistols fans. Um, who else? Like the Arctic Monkeys, that kind of all that kind of stuff. Um. Even bands today, my favorite bands like my favorite bands today, Fontaine's DC, Idols, they'd be like post punk, is what it'd be called. So there's an early introduction to punk, um, of the early kind of stages of the rising of punk, um, and why I love punk and why I love music that sounds horrible. I hope I described it well. Um, so there you go. Um, yeah, so if you, if you plan to keep listening to this podcast, get used to hearing about Nirvana, (laughs) get used to that, because, um, yeah, I can't do much in life without thinking of Nirvana, um, um, get used to, I'll probably do more punk episodes and talk about Risings of punk because punk never goes away, really. Punk hasn't gone away, it ebbs and it flows, 
and it's coming back. There's a lot of great kind of punk bands coming out around the world at the moment. And one place where it's majorly coming out of, I'll be talking about this in the radio probably, but one place where punk is really starting to develop a bit of traction is in Dublin. There's a fucking savage punk scene coming out of Dublin at the moment, lads. Fontaine's DC, Murder Capital I mentioned, who else fucking, there's a band called Girl Band. There's a lot of great ones coming out of England at the moment as well. Idols, Shame, and there's a lot of kind of smaller ones that wouldn't be that big. It's been called Life that I really like. It's been called Dream Wife. You know, there's a lot of grit and there's a fucking savage scene of it coming up. Idols are doing fucking incredibly. Fontaine's DC are doing Unreal. Fontaine's DC have been in Jimmy Fallon how many times? They're nominated for a fucking Grammy. There's a fucking savage punk scene coming back, lads, and it's coming out of here. Do you know what I mean? There's a savage hip hop scene coming out of this side of the country here in Limerick. But on the other side over in Dublin, lads. Punk is really starting to fucking come back. So, if you want to hear some of the stuff that's going on at the moment. Yeah, so if you want to hear some punk, go listen to some of the bands I mentioned already. Um, but if you want to hear some of the punk that's out at the moment, check out some... Check out Fontaine's DC and Idols are probably my favourite bands at the moment. Nah, they would be. Yeah, they'd be, number, they'd be my number one, the two of them. Idols are heavy, motherfuckers. Fontaine's DC are a lot more melodic and softer, but uh, I love, love a bit of Fontaine's DC as well. Alright, lads. So there's your... I told you I'd give you a music podcast. Jeez, that was a bit of a rant. I love that, lads. <laughs> Let me know what that's like to listen to. Because um, I just fucking flick it on and rant. I just I, If I could just talk about music like that... I could just talk, I could talk for hours, lads. I could keep going, I could do another hour there, to be honest. I absolutely adore making that. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I'll probably, I'll, so there you go. Um, I don't know what I'll do next week. I might do something film related next week. I should do more like these, lads. I should do more ranty episodes. <laughs> just rant about why I like stuff. <laughs> um... Yeah, I might do a film-related one next week on something I love, something I adore next week. I don't know what. I might try and make a film-related next week. I'm not sure, though. It's all a bit up in the air. So, all right. Look after yourselves. Um, have a good week. Um, hug your mother if you have her. Hug your father if you have him. Pet your dog if you have him. Um, you only die once. You never come back. You're gone when you're gone. So love what you can. <laughs>